is a battle going on today for the heart and soul of America, and the right side must win. It's time for America Can We Talk with Debbie George Addis. On America Can We Talk, we talk truth about America and why it matters to you. America Can We Talk starts now. Good evening and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis, so thanks so very much for tuning in and welcome to my show and to tonight's First Five. I'm going to ask you what the following companies have in common. Nutrish, which is Rachel Ray's dog food, TripAdvisor, Wayfair, Nestle, Hulu, Liberty Mutual, Johnson & Johnson, all good American companies, all companies who have been spineless in dealing with with the hysteria created by this Parkland high school kid, David Hogg. These are people, these are companies that have pulled their advertising from Laura Ingram's show, her television show on Fox, because of a one tweet, one tweet she sent, one tweet that said essentially that this kid, David Hogg, who I'm going to tell you more about him in a minute, he's the you know, the spokesman of this uh, March for Our Lives. He's been on every media uh, platform imaginable. Her tweet, because he was complaining, David Hogg complained that he has all fabulous grades and somehow got turned down from colleges. Welcome to America. Her tweet said, David Hogg re- rejected by four colleges to which he applied and whines about it. And she says, ding by UCLA with a 4.1 GPA, totally predictable given acceptance rates. So she's not even saying he's stupid. She's knocking him for whining. But because she tweeted that, David Hogg, this 17-year-old kid who was one of the survivors from, of the attack at the Florida high school, uh, the, the horrific attack on Valentine's Day in the Florida high school, he tweeted out and started demanding that advertisers drop their advertising on the Laura Ingram show. Let me tell you, let me give you a load of what this kid is about. As I've said every time we talk about in this show, I am heartbroken, terribly sorry for every child and adult at that school. I'm sorry for those who lost their lives, for their family members who are devastated, needless loss of life. Uh, For those who lived through it, had to watch in horror as they watched their friends and teachers uh, be shot and killed. A horrific day, of course. But the national discussion is about the Second Amendment and what what is or is not the right plan or uh, way to change, if anything, the protection of the Second Amendment. So David Hogg, this young student, this is just a flavor of the way he speaks. This is the guy who you see, this skinny kid who is up in Washington leading the March for Our Lives, interviewed everywhere. This is how he speaks. At one one particular interview at a place called The Outline, Hogg slammed the NRA and pro-Second Amendment politicians calling them sick effers. I'm not going to say the word because this is a family show, so I'm not going to say any of these words, of course. But you, you can fill in the blank. He said, call them sick efforts. He also, he, th- these idiotic hosts on this, on not just the outline, but many news sites, treat him as though he's a constitutional scholar whose, con, you know, whose words and viewpoints should be revered. He went on to say, it just makes me sick. Excuse me. It just makes me think what sick efforts out there want to continue to sell more guns, murder more children, and honestly, just get reelected. What type of the S word person is, does that? They could have blood from children splattered all over their faces and they wouldn't take action because they all still see these dollar signs. He actually referred to his parents and the people and the, the actual adults in America, his parents, 
He talked about, um, says, up to him and his teen peers to fix America because today's old A-word parents are too clueless and incompetent to do it. When your old A-word parent is like, I don't know how to send an iMessage, and you're just like, just give me the effing phone and let me handle it. Sadly, that's what we'll have to do with our government. Our parents don't know how to use an effing democracy, so we have to. Okay, this is the commentary, the level of analysis, the, the, the class that all the, I mean, that this young man is bringing to the discussion. He has insulted politicians, the NRA, who, by the way, was not involved in the Florida shooting. In fact, there is no one from the NRA or an NRA member who's ever been part of any of these type of shootings. But his commentary, instead of a thoughtful discussion about what is it we believe in gun rights, his commentary is like this. F-bomb, S-bombs, A-bombs, just just a classless, foul-mouthed, angry tirade. But because Laura Ingram sent out one tweet not making fun of him for not getting to college, but pointing out he's whining, not getting to UCLA. I mean, the vast majority of people who apply to UCLA don't get into UCLA. This is life in America. As any of you know, whether you're college age yourself, you have kids or college age, you understand the college application process is hard. But what I want to do, because it isn't just those companies, I want to say two things about this tonight. It is really important to get clear that these businesses are not just capitulating and pulling their advertising from Laura Ingram because of some moronic 17-year-old from Florida. They are doing it in response to a massive left-wing, I'm going to explain it after the break, well-funded in the millions and millions of dollars, anti-gun people who are feeding and promoting this entire agenda. And to understand what they are doing to America. They're making the average person think that there's somehow Laura Ingram is wrong and the Second Amendment is a bad thing because look at this. Why would Nestle pull out? Why would TripAdvisor? What about Wayfair? What about Hulu? These are companies that is easier to surrender than to stand up. But folks, if we don't start standing up, we're going to lose our right to have the debate on this vital topic. I'm Debbie George S. America Can We Talk. Come right back. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. 
The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Can you hear us now? And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I want to continue on this Laura Ingram thing a little bit. She has a new show on Fox. People love it. I think it's called The Ingram Angle. Um, and it's just, I mean, she's just a serious, substantive Fox News commentator. And this springing to action by... The groups I'm about to mention to you, the left-wing thought police in America who simply do not want to have the intelligent conversation in America about the issues. They want to shut down people who dare to disagree with left-wing ideology on anything, and they just, they're opportunistic. They pounced on this David Hogg kid because he's making a national scene, and one little tweet from Laura Ingram, for which she apologized, I think, the next day. She put out on a Wednesday, apologized on a Thursday, David Hogg is refusing to accept her apology. But this is really deeper than the, uh, you know, infantile David Hogg 
who I will say someday, I hope, acquires sufficient wisdom to realize how foolish he is. I, hope, I mean, you know, all of this, you, most adults can look back at things in your lives, things you said when you were, you know, 14 or 15 or 20, and as an adult, you think, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. David Hogg's problem is that the entire world knows everything he's been saying, and he has been, as I mentioned in the opening five tonight, foul mouth beyond description, Mr. Potty Mouth, low class, trying to just express outrage and, and in a profoundly ignorant way, I mean, not refuting, not understanding what the Second Amendment is all about, not understanding what the pros and cons are of various pieces of legislation, not understanding the historical significance of the right of individuals in a society to possess firearms uh, as a way of uh, keeping a balance of power between the people and the government. Doesn't understand any of that. So maybe his ignorance is excusable because he's obviously not being taught or he would not keep on saying these things. I would think that is probably the case. He is just understanding that, you know, um, bad things happen. I'm outraged. Somehow I want to fix this. But his ignorance is to some degree perhaps excusable. But what is happening and why you're seeing these major, major companies, ones I listed uh, at the start of the last segment, again, Nutrish, Rachel Ray's Dog Food, which is kind of weird. Okay, I won't even go there. All right. TripAdvisor, Wayfair, Nestle, Hulu, Liberty Mutual, Johnson Johnson. What the left has discovered in America is the power of the threat. The power of the, if you don't do what we say, we're going to shut you down. We're going to make you, we're going to label you as a hater. We're going to label you, we're going to attack you. It is so much easier for the businesses to capitulate to the left and do what they say and salute and say, okay, you said we can't advertise anymore, Laura Ingram. Okay, we'll stop. And the left is learning this, and this is why this is so important to just, I mean, this isn't the first time, but this is a major incident involving the left's manipulation of American businesses, the left putting pressure on businesses to stop allowing conservative viewpoints to be expressed. These companies... So first of all, the left-wing media types, I'm going to mention in a moment, funded largely by George Soros, but these groups are not really offended in the slightest of what Laura Ingram said in her tweet. They just see an opportunity to shut down conservative media. They see an opportunity to make it harder for conservatives to have their voices heard in America. I got to read you some of these unbelievably obnoxious, you know, um, kind of self-important Uh, Let me just explain our morals here, statements put out by these companies. Instead of putting out, um, you know, the uh, instead of putting out a, you know, this very sympathetic, very tender issue, blah, blah, blah. These high minded, snarky, just one. Here's one from TripAdvisor. We believe strongly in the values of our company, especially the one that says we are better together. We also believe Americans can disagree while still being agreeable that the free exchange of ideas within a community in a peaceful manner is the cornerstone of our democracy. Well, that's true. The free exchange of ideas, what they're saying is they want to make it harder for the conservative side to get their ideas out there. They're saying they're not, they were not offended, this uh, TripAdvisor company, and all the other ones have equally idiotic statements. They weren't offended when David Hogg put out his you know, profanity-laden, low-class, childish, temper tantrum speech. They weren't offended by that. They weren't offended when he was just F-bombing everyone in America who owns a gun or, or supports the NRA. But they were just, they, they take the high ground 
because of one tweet by Laura Ingram where she she mocked some kid for not getting into a college or for, you know, for complaining about not getting into a college. This is hypocrisy in the part of these companies. This is they did not pull their advertising because of high minded ideas of supporting the exchange of ideas, because if they believe in the support of the exchange of ideas, they will continue advertising Laura Ingram. They could also pick to advertise in some, you know, whatever left wing show they want to do. They did this entirely in response to the pressure by the George Soros media types. And I want to tell you who they are and how extremely dangerous it is in America. Dangerous this is in America if we do not um, if we do not end up absolutely insisting that we uh, we don't let this kind of thing ride. We don't let it go. We fight back. The Soros funded groups fueling this Laura Ingram advertising boycott. George Soros, George Soros Finance Media Matters for America, that progressive activist group, they are part of this. Think Progress. They always have great names on the left. Think Progress. What they mean is inflict socialism, inflict communism. That's what they mean. They just pick up nice names. Think Progress, a media project of the Soros-funded Center for American Progress, using its platform. There are just, it goes on and on, all these organizations. In fact, an entire listing of all of her advertisers put out by David Hogg, the, this you know, five-year-old, mentally, mental five-year-old, um, who is a profanity-laden, potty-mouthed hothead. And then Media Matters on Thursday jumped into the anti-Ingram um, campaign, promoting this list of 130 recent advertisers on Fox News. See, they're not just after Laura Ingram. This is, again, this is not about her tweet. This is about the American left doing their totalitarian American left thing, which is to try to argue that conservative views should never be allowed to be expressed in the public square. This is what it is. It is not just Soros. It is not just his, um, it is not just his, uh, his, the groups I mentioned. It is an ongoing hysteria of a combination of groups that just are never, ever going to shut up until all of Fox News is shut down. Let me just tell you some of the quotes they have. Uh, this one guy from um, Go Caruso, uh, uh, he says, you can expect more advertisers to leave. Fox News is a reckless propaganda machine. That's an amazing term actually coming from the American left. Like they can call anyone a propaganda machine. This is just the Media Matters chief, John Levine, Levin, however you say his name. You can expect more advertisers to leave. And he goes on with this reckless propaganda machine. Let me tell you about the funding behind this, folks. This is not just David Hogg, you know, being all upset. This is the, the idea that anyone who's trying to argue that conservative ideas should be voiced, that there should be an argument against the gun grabbers, that the Second Amendment supporters should be able to get their views out there. The Media Matters chief, I'm sorry, it was the wrong name. This, uh, they, I, he goes by the um, name Go Angelo on, the, um, uh, on Twitter. I'm not sure what his name is. But anyway, he's the one that put out the thing about the reckless propaganda machine. But I want to point out to you the funding behind this. Media Matters, known for its opposition to conservative and independent media outlets, they had a briefing book. Media Matters, left-wing whack job George Soros supported, had a conference, and they gave out a briefing book at the conference And fortunately, somebody gave that briefing book to the Washington Free Beacon last year at a retreat for their donors. So left-wing group not dedicating themselves to trying to best articulate their arguments for limitations on the Second Amendment, trying to say 
no one who disagrees with our left-wing views should be allowed to be on air. Fox News should not be allowed to exist. It should be shut down by shutting down their sponsors. But this back, I'm going to go back to this briefing book. These people have a budget. They have a budget goal for 2017 of $13.4 million. $13.4 million just to target the um, Breitbart News and Fox. They have Media Matters. By the way, Media Matters, you know who they really are? Founded by Hillary Clinton ally David Brock, financed by George Soros, the most anti-American figure in the entire planet. George Soros, anti-American freedom, free markets, free enterprise system, anti-American family, anti-border security, anti-the identity of America, anti-patriotism, anti-nationalism. That George Soros is funding all this effort to shut down the Laura Ingram advertisers. And the reason I'm going through this tonight, I am obviously very bothered by it, but the reason I'm going through this tonight is if we don't support Laura Ingram, if we don't support the conservatives trying to get the message out on Fox News, we are deciding that we will surrender the entire Western civilization exchange of ideas, the hallmark of Western civilization idea that we actually debate ideas, we debate policies, because Media Matters, George Soros, all these left-wing repressors of free speech, repressors of freedom are saying no one gets to talk but us. Folks, stick up for Laura Ingram, tweet about it, tell your friends, turn it on, and tell the advertisers that you're going to boycott them Let's go back on her show. I'm Debbie George Jazz, America Can We Talk. Come right back. Our nation faces a choice. The path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas. For 27 years, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all. The Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country based on liberty, free enterprise, and personal responsibility. Whether informing the national debate on property rights energy, taxes, education, or criminal justice, the foundation works to translate ideas into real change. The Texas Public Policy Foundation does not accept government funds or contributions to influence the outcome of its research. It is supported by thousands of people like you who are concerned about the future of our country. You can help Texas remain strong as the beacon of liberty in America. Visit TexasPolicy.com to learn more. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. 
If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. There's a lot of talk today among media, in academia, in our culture, about everything that is supposedly wrong with America. Political correctness tries to dictate that we must stop thinking that America is exceptional. America's bravest have our back in the air, at sea, and on land. But who has America's back in the culture? In schools, on cable television, in newspapers, it's time to end the greatest prejudice on earth, anti-Americanism. And who makes the case for America? Flag does. Flag is the foundation for liberty and American greatness. Flag has America's back on the cultural battlefield. Flag is a nonprofit battle tank working to change the cultural and media narrative about America. If you think it's time to stand up for America, join the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness. Your support of Flag is an investment in the America your children will inherit. Visit their website at flagusa.org and consider donating. All donations are 100% tax deductible. That's flagusa.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Addis, and as I mentioned before the break, we have a guest joining us this hour, Dr. Robin Armstrong. He is a medical doctor, um, and he's a Texan, so there's two great things. But he's also a Republican National Committee man from Texas. So good morning, Dr. Armstrong. Good morning. How are you this morning? Just great. So glad you could join me today. So I want to just jump right in. Well, I'm going to jump right in in 30 seconds. First, I want to ask you, for, for our listeners who may not have any idea, you are our Republican National Committee man. Will you just tell our listeners what that means? Absolutely. So every state um, in the United States has, and actually the six territories as well, have three representatives on the Republican National Committee. And so there is a National Committee man, National Committee woman, and the state party chair for that state. And so that is kind of the representative body that helps run the Republican National Committee. And so very similar to our state parties, the Republican National Committee actually organizes and runs the national party. Uh, we elect a chair and a co-chair. And, and so we run the business of the national party. Um, and, and, and it's you know it's very similar to, to how the states run. Um, we just uh, it's obviously larger. But um, there's three representatives for each state on that RNC. And so the RNC, when people hear that expression, that uh, acronym RNC, that is referring to this Republican National Committee that you're a part of? That is correct. That okay. is correct. And what kind of things are you, I mean, I, I really do want, I want to talk about the 2018 midterms. I, I would just, main point I'm calling you tonight, but as long as we're just getting educated. So what kinds of decisions or issues do you talk about at the RNC meetings? Well, I can tell you there, there, there's a lot 
Um, a lot of it, it has to do, um, our, our chair and our co-chair and, and the RNC members do lots of fundraising because uh, it's extremely expensive. And the National Party is there to build an infrastructure for our candidates to get elected. And so at, at the very basic level. And so what we're doing is we're providing a lot of digital and a lot of data capabilities. The RNC has been um, just extraordinary in the last uh, five, ten years or so in, in, in outpacing the, the, the Democrats as far as our digital and data capabilities, updating the voter file, making sure we have an up-to-date voter file, making sure that we're able to, to reach people with, with, um, with, with all the new technologies, with social media, and Facebook, and Snapchat, and Twitter, and all these different things, making sure we're up-to-date on the cutting edge of doing that, making sure we're using that in the best way to, to raise money as well. We do lots of get-out-the-vote efforts. Um, we, we, we encourage our national representatives to, to, to hold the line on conservative legislation as well. And so there's a lot of different things that, 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 that the RNC does. Obviously, we um, provide a, a resource for, for state parties as well. We, we, feel we fund a lot of the ground game that takes place, certainly in a lot of uh, those, um, those purple states. But we also are funding a lot of the ground game in Texas as well right now. Uh, and so we, we have um, many staff, almost 10 staff on the ground in Texas right now because the Republican National Committee has, has deemed Texas vital to the national effort to holding on to the White House. Those 38 electoral votes are extremely important in, in, in electing every, every Republican president that is elected. And if we lose that, then we, we will never lose, win a presidential election again. And so the RNC recognizes that and is putting folks on the ground in Texas. So we fund the ground game as well in many of these states. And with the President Trump coming along, actually, we actually funded his entire ground game for that campaign. And so, um, and so it's pretty extraordinary how the party has worked with the White House and how the party currently is still working with the White House in getting the message out and, and, and funding what the president uh, needs done and funding his agenda. That was such a great explanation. And you know, I, this is a habit from law school. I can't break. I have to take notes. So I, was, I took notes when you were talking. It was so good because I do think people, you know, if you think even people who are kind of politically minded, you may be uh, politically active because you are pro-life or because you're really concerned about taxes or border security, whatever your issue is. But to realize the nuts and bolts of how the party works, it's a small segment of activists who follow it, understand it, and, and recognize its importance to, to the party. I mean, everything you're describing is how you end up getting from just kind of ideas and candidates to a, a strategy and a ground game to win. I love that. Okay, so thank you for the explanation. No problem. And now I want to talk about, here's my question. Okay, so really we're looking at the 2018 midterms. And it's amazing. Uh, we are only in April, and it's, they feel like they're around the corner. But I'm wondering if you can, I mean, the, obviously the Democrats are just chomping at the bit, thinking they are, uh, they're, they're certainly talking and believing they can possibly retake a Democrat majority in the U.S. House. Uh, And there's some kind of hopeful thinking that they might take the Senate. And they're obviously laying the groundwork for the 2020 presidential election. So how are we looking uh, from the Republican side in the 2018 midterms? You know, I can tell you from a from a purely party perspective, I can tell you the Republican National Committee has done a fantastic job. President Trump has 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 really done a great job fundraising. The Democrat National Committee right now is bankrupt. I mean, they have no money. They're not raising any money at all. All of their efforts are being funded by these outside, these shady outside groups. 
the George Soros of the world, the the billionaire uh, fund managers. The, those are the people who are funding the Democratic cause right now. So that's number one. Number two, I can tell you that they do not have the infrastructure. They don't have the ground game that we have. They're running their elections candidate by candidate. They do have a lot of excitement right now, and I can tell you that 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 they hate this president for sure. But I can tell you that I we have the infrastructure, we have the digital and data capabilities that I think is going to push us over the top. The Senate is going to be fine. They have to uh, they have to um, actually protect 25 Democrat Senate seats right now. We only have to protect nine, and so there's a chance that we could gain seats in the Senate with this midterm election cycle. In fact, we should gain seats um, because there are some um, Democrats that are very vulnerable and, and they're in, um, in states where, where Trump was able to win by double digits. The House is, is what we're mostly concerned about right now because the House is, 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 is going to be difficult because there are 24 seats, um, in 24 House districts that are currently held by Republicans that actually Hillary Clinton won. And so those are, those are seats that we're very concerned about. Three of those are in Texas, actually. Pete Sessions' seat, Will Hurd's seat, John Culberson's seat in the Houston area, and Pete Sessions in Dallas, and Will Hurd in San Antonio. Those seats were, were seats that Hillary Clinton won, those congressional districts. So we have to work very, very hard to make sure we hold on to those seats. I think we're going to do well because people are, are with this president um, people respect this president. My contention has always been that the way we win the midterms and hold on to the House and, the, and pick up seats in the Senate is we have to do three things. We have to build a border wall or start building that border wall. We have to make sure we repeal and replace Obamacare. We have to make sure we get major tax reform with tax cuts. Tax reform and tax cuts, we were able to get that done. Building the border wall, President Trump is really pushing that now very hard and moving forward on that. And so we're seeing – we're going to see some wall being built by the time the midterm elections come around. Number three, repealing and replace Obamacare. We have not been successful doing that. But this, in this budget bill, we, we were able to repeal the individual mandate and to repeal the employee mandate, employer mandate. So we have made some strides forward. We have to push the message of, of the economy, how fantastic this economy is doing. We have to push the message that ISIS is on the run right now. We have completely turned them back in, in Iraq. And we, so, so foreign policy is, is a positive. Econ the economy is a positive. We have to push that message as Republicans. If we do well pushing that message out, I think we're going to be fine in the midterms. I think we're going to do well, but it's going to take a concerted effort on every conservative, every Republican to get out the vote, make sure we vote, and make sure we're pushing these positive messages out so that we could win in the midterms. And I think we're going to do well because of those things. We're going to do those things well, and, and I think we'll, we'll be able to take it and hold it. If you're just tuning in, uh, sorry for you, but we're just tuning in. You're, we're speaking with Dr. Robin Armstrong, who is a member of the Republican National Committee. He's a Republican National Committeeman from Texas. And, um, you know, his work, If you, I, I just love your description of what all of what the RNC does. But in particular, your summary about the 2018 midterms, I I've, I love everything you said and agree. I think that there's just a, a willing a, a need for Republican candidates uh, to just say, look, the, the Trump agenda is what America chose in 2016. The Trump agenda, which uh, you know was the uh, the border wall, certainly border security, uh, the Obamacare thing, which at least we made some headway. And it's amazing you think about the positive message you just described. And I saw one reference to. 
uh, that the Democrats, we have only one minute left here. This, this mean guy over here is signaling me we only have a minute left. He's always raced by. But the Democrats seem to have a negative message, kind of like, we hate Trump, vote with us. I mean, I don't see any, any I mean, just like in 30 seconds, do you see any great promises coming from the Democrats? Great proposals? Uh, none at all. None at all. I'll tell you, when, when, when the Democrats can sit on their hands when a, during the State of the Union address, when President Trump says African-American economy is the lowest it's been in the history of the country. Yep. Hispanic, yep. Mexican-American unemployment is the lowest, lowest it's been in the history of the country. When they can sit on their hands during that, that tells you where they are. Robin Armstrong, I cannot thank you enough. This is a fabulous interview. I'm so sorry. We're just going to get cut off by this guy who's going to turn the music on. Robin, thank you so much for this interview today. You're fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, folks, Robin Armstrong, RNC, come back after the break. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out CenterForSecurityPolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's CenterForSecurityPolicy.org. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs. Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, 
Go to firstliberty.org now. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm so sorry we had to cut Robin, Dr. Robin Armstrong off just a little bit at the end of the last segment. He's a great guy. And really to take the time to explain the Republican National Committee uh, is, is a really good thing to know. I mean, the, you know, the nuts and bolts of a campaign and funding and the ground game and social media. We didn't even get into all the bits of information that parties gather about voters. You know, so they I, I hate to think because I, I at one time I heard something like the RNC has. 3,000 bits of individual information about every voter. I'm, I'm just like cringing, thinking, geez, they know how many Reese's cups I ate last week? I mean, how embarrassing is that? You know? Anyway, I digress. So, and he was a great interview. Love talking with him. Great guy. If you ever get a chance to meet him, he's just a really rock solid and hardworking um, Republican. And he is actually a practicing doctor and um, married and has two or three kids, lives in Houston. Okay. But I want to change the subject and tell you about something a great great idea the extremely brilliant Kimberly Strassel came up with you know the name Kimberly Strassel she's brilliant she is with the Wall Street Journal and she's been on the show a couple times uh she's a commentator she's she's worked her way up from I've forgotten her original uh thing she did for Wall Street Journal I think she actually traveled around the world and and did stories or interviews or something but anyway she's on the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal and she had a great idea, and I want to lay it out for you so you can see how, uh, because she she's the one, by the way, I don't think she rediscovered the Congressional Review Act, but you mean, you remember when we talked about like a year or more ago after President Trump won the election, that it turned out there's a federal law, the Congressional Review Act, that permits Congress to review regulations agencies have passed, Washington agencies have passed, review those regulations if they um, have not been subject to the procedure that the agencies are supposed to follow, which is once they pass regulation uh, and they go through the actual process of getting regulation, they're supposed to notify Congress of it, and they never do it. They Because these agencies kind of think they're really the lawmakers in Washington, and Congress is just this pestiferous little group over there in the Capitol who thinks they have power, but really the agencies do. So the agencies never cooperate. They never give the <laughs> regulations to Congress. Well, the Congressional Review Act permits Congress to review any regulations, not if they haven't yet been approved, and they can toss them out. I mean, just literally say, uh, no, this is, not, this is not a regulation. It doesn't count. And they can essentially, they're reversing or uh, just uh, 
you're getting rid of regulations that, um, and, and honestly, regulations in America are as much of a source of burden to business owners and individuals as are many laws. So it happened that Kimberly Strassel came across that. In fact, I know when her editorial came out about the Congressional Review Act, I was doing another show I do. I was I, like the morning I was getting ready to go do that show. And I realized, oh, my gosh, this is going to change everything. So she has another thing here. Could change everything. Coolest, coolest idea. Now, it's not new. It's just new that it's being raised again. And I hope, since she wrote about it, I hope that people in the White House are thinking long and hard about it. This is the 1974 Impoundment Act. Impoundment, as in they impounded my car because it didn't pay my tickets. Impoundment Act. So 1974, a law was passed. I'm going to explain to you a little of the history of it in a moment. It was passed under Nixon um, because of something he was doing. But what this Impoundment Act says is within 45 days of the passage of that massive, ugly, omnibus $1.3 trillion spending bill, which uh, many, many people, including uh, yours truly, was very upset about. The, the, uh, the $1.3 trillion omnibus that President Trump even debated signing because he said this is just you know unbelievably um, more than I wanted, but he ended up signing it because it got funding for the military. And many conservatives said, not good enough reason. You shouldn't have signed it. They did not think actually that members of Congress should have backed it because um, they ended up, uh, you know, obviously we have a Republican majority in the House and the Senate, and they signed it. Now, Republicans would say, look, the Democrats wouldn't give us any other choice. We had no way to deal with this except to sign it. But here we go with the Empowerment Act. What this says is within 45 days of the signing of a bill, the president has the authority to go to Congress and request a rescission of specific funds, meaning he could go to Congress. President Trump could go to Congress and say, let's cut out um, of this spending bill that's already passed, I've already signed, let's cut out a rescission of the following expenditures. So he could list, you know, all the Democrat, you know, pork stuff. This actually impacts Republican spending priorities too, but he could go and say, let's cut this out. We're not going to expand this government program. We're not going to take on this, you know, boondoggle left-wing thing the Democrats got through. He could go through the bill. It's kind of like a line-item veto, only the bill's already passed, a line-item spending thing, go back to Congress and say, the following things, we're going to exercise our power to, of rescission, and this money won't be spent. We won't spend it. So we, therefore, are saving that money from being spent on these kind of programs. There are some things to consider, but the idea of President Trump not just surrendering to the Democrats, you know, in order to get funding for the military, the primary job of the federal government of the United States is defend America. So that money goes to the military, has to be done must be done, but a lot of spending comes from Democrat programs and some Republican, we're going to hit that in a minute, but, some, but Democrat programs who essentially are all about growing uh, domestic spending, growing reliance on government, growing welfare, all that kind of stuff. So President Trump has 45 days, I counted, which means he has until March 23rd. I'm sorry, till 
I'm told that's when he signed the bill. He signed it March 23rd, so he has until May 7th. May 7th, he could um, he could decide that he was going to um, exercise his power of rescission. A couple of things about the bill that you should know. Uh, one is in this bill that he could, when he goes to Congress, he could say um, he wants these things uh, cut out. He's got to negotiate. Obviously, he's got to get on board with the uh, leaders of the House, leader of the Senate. So he's got to deal with Paul Ryan, got to deal on the Republican side in the Senate um, with Mitch McConnell. He needs to do this in a political way, you know, meaning he needs to do it in a way that he's not stepping on the toes of some Republicans who are going to end up not backing him. But he does it in a political way. He works with Paul Ryan. He works with McConnell. He says, what are things that never should have gotten spent? never should have been authorized in this bill. Cut those, propose cutting those out. And it should include some things that Republicans, I mean, they stuck their own pork on this bill. As long as they had to do a porkless bill, they stuck their own, their own pork on it. And so um, the idea that we would have um, just the Democrat stuff cut out is not exactly right. It should be the, some of the Republican pork too. But the beauty of this is if they can come to an agreement on what should be cut out, it just requires a simple majority vote in the House and the Senate, and they're done. Democrats can't filibuster. We don't have to play with that rule in the Senate that the Democrats filibuster everything they don't like. You just need a, an across-the-board simple majority vote in the House and the Senate. And the reason I like this so, so much is because many Republicans— were, of course, and rightfully, the subject of a a lot of criticism, a lot of ire, a lot of anger. Why in the world did they sign uh, this bill, pass this bill? We have a majority in the Senate, a bare majority in the Senate. We have a majority in the House, and we pass a massive spending bill, and uh, which made people furious, and Trump signed it. There are people saying, okay, I'm done. I'm not even—I mean, that's a stupid response, in my opinion, but I'm done. I'm not even going to vote for Trump. You know, it's always going to be worse than Democrats. But the reason I love this idea, it lets them hone in specifically on areas of just left-wing whack job spending, of expanding domestic programs. It lets them Republicans come forward and say, actually, as long as we're cutting, we'll cut a few things of our own, too, that we, you know, we added, but really better to have them out of there. It lets Republicans go home during the 2018 midterm election cycle when they have to make their pitch and saying, look, you know, we got a bill passed and we got it to the White House. And um, and, you know, it got signed, but we took back a lot of the money. And so it, it, it makes them say, yes, we really were budget cutters. We really did try to change things. Um, the other thing is um, there is a notion that uh, the um, impoundment rule, uh, this uh, rule that's part of this law, um, you know, it seems unfair, like after all the, um, you know, the Congress passed it and Trump signed it, and now they're taking it away. Um, but it really allows the Republicans to say, look, we passed what we had to get it done, but let us highlight for you how the Democrats spend money. Let us highlight for you some of the things Democrats were actually perfectly willing. And the, and the Republicans have a little bit of, of uh, you know, digging themselves out of a hole to do on this topic because we're, the Republicans are always saying, we're the party. Fiscal conservatism, fiscal responsibility. Okay, prove it. Do it. Do the, actually prove it. The other thing, um, there's a um, you know this argument in the midterms of who's going to have majority or control in the House and Senate. 
This is a reason, in addition to the other reasons that Dr. Armstrong mentioned in the last hour, to say, yeah, you want to have the Republicans holding on to power. They're at least willing to cut. But President Trump cannot do this unilaterally. That would be a mistake. The idea of him going and just announcing it and sending it over to Congress and saying, go ahead and vote to recede on these issues, that would be a bad choice. But to work with the leaders of the House and Senate and Republican leaders and just say, we, we've got to do this, I, I think it would be brilliant. Um, it, would just, it, would, it would be extremely helpful. Where this came from, by the way, why we even have this law, because it used to be the case under up until President Nixon uh, came along, it used to be the case that when spending bills were authorized and there was tons of money and the president didn't like it, the president could just tell the Department of Treasury, just don't release the money. Don't release the money. You know, just hold back. And, um, and you know, uh, even though Congress passed it and I signed it, don't release it. And so Nixon was uh, pretty, pretty handy doing that. He was pretty, uh, did that quite often. And I guess it finally got to people in Washington. But that's when, this was Title 10 of the Impoundment Control Act of 1974, um, it actually took away the power of the president to just tell the Department of Treasury, don't spend the money, and instead said, if you want to cut some of the spending, do it this way, rescission, and send it back to Congress. There's really a lot of, of merit to this. I, I float this as a very serious issue. I hope that you will read about it. If you go back to our website, americachemitalk.org, we listed a link to the article written uh, in the Wall Street Journal by Kimberly Strassel. We've listed a link to the article explaining how we got here on this. But the concept of letting Congress get rid of crazy funding you can't get rid of any other way. Republicans need a boost. They need to send a signal. We're serious fiscal conservatives. And they need a midterm an, an election issue to point to. Look what the Democrats would have spent, but we stopped them. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. We come back after the break. I have lots more to talk about. I'm going to do my cruise to the news at the top of the hour. Next hour, don't go away. <laughs> 